It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Kia ora, good morning and welcome into the show. It is Izzy and Ricardo for breakfast on SENZ Breakfast. 12 away from 7, late start today after the live League Cup final went to extra time. Liverpool getting up and taking the win by a goal to nil. Virgil van Dijk with a header, two minutes from penalties. So uh, I did think there we were going to go to penalties, Izzy, but uh, Liverpool got it won. Yeah, I was sitting there waiting, just thinking, oh, what's going on? I just flicked it over, had a wee little update, and then bang, I saw, oh, 1-0 Liverpool, okay, we must be on end. I saw Ricardo running into the studio, <laughs> and then settling down, I said, we're about to happen, but um, yeah, we're here, we're here late, better late than never, and uh, we've got a big couple of hours uh, ahead of us after a big weekend of sport, Rick Dog. Massive and weekend, massive weekend. Today. Yeah, are you happy? Are you happy? We've we've got a former Chiefs player on after seven mm. o'clock. How happy are you about that? Oh, well, look, he's he's neutral. Oh, he's he? neutral now. Okay, he is neutral, and that's all part and parcel. When you step aside and you take that jersey off, you have to bring a mutual neutral uh, perspective on on everything. We'll talk to him about Six Nations more than that game on Friday night, won't we, Rick? Oh, I don't think so. Oh, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I yeah. picked him. You I did. picked them. You did pick them. 12 and under. Yeah, yeah, you did well, actually. Yeah, you did well. Man, they had to fight back from nowhere, 17 points down at the half, and then <laughs> you never write the Crusaders off. They come back to make a game of it. Hell of a way to start Super Rugby. I've got to say, though, you also picked uh, the Rebels 1-12. Oh, no, what an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that was me thinking, these boys are going to fight for their lives. Their club is in turmoil. Are they going to show a bit of heart and, and show people they deserve to be there? Well, no. They don't deserve to be there, so <laughs> they got absolutely pumped. That was the only one where I didn't put... My, oh, look, my my heart was telling me they, they might find a bit of heart to get the game going, make it a little bit more competitive. My head always knew the Brumbies were going to pump them, but yeah, look, that aside, I think th- that's always the problem when I'm trying to mm. p- pick a multi. Yeah. Dog. I go with certainty on a lot of the legs, but then I chuck in a little, a little, uh, you know, a little curly one, and teams to seems to not work for me. So it didn't work for me in that game. Didn't work for you in that game, uh, but it did work for you uh, on Friday. Let's get to this. All right, our simply the best. I'm going to save yours, Izzy, because I think yours mm. yours is the one that trumps all. But my simply the best for the weekend is uh, the Highlanders versus Moana Pacifica. The last try for the Highlanders, Sam Gilbert scored it, but it wasn't about so much him. 
It was about mm. the lead-up. It was one of the best tries, if not the best try of the weekend. And for Lau Whakatawa, the pass out the back door, uh, flick pass that he threw to make this try happen was amazing. This is my simply the best for the weekend. Oh, big space here for Withy. Now can he link up? He needs some speedsters. Gives it away to Nariki. Jonah Nariki drops it off to Whakatawa. Oh, beautiful. Harmon for Gilbert. Oh, boy, that's a try and a half. Sam Gilbert. That's a try and a half, as this both said. I, I wondered if they were going to get seven and a half points for it. <laughs> try and a half. Uh, but what a, that was a great try, Izzy. A hell of a try. Hell, a, a, a hell of a game, too. Can, mm. You know, the Moana Pacifica were competitive. I think at the 45th minute mark, it was 21 all. And they, they had the Hollanders under a little bit of pressure. Just execution let them down. You know, Julian Saviet, second five, um, still tinkering with that option. But. Hell of a try, hell of a start, and Jacob Ratumai Tavuki Nipkins at the back, two tries, ten defenders beaten, ninety-three meters gain. Like they've been looking for a fullback for a, for a few years now. Made the move down from the north, and after that first performance, man, if he continues up, he'll be knocking on the door for higher honors, particularly with full Jordan out. So um, yeah, well done, well done to the Highlanders, and well done to uh, you, Sam Gilbert, finish off a stellar try and a great weekend. Of uh, Super Rugby. Izzy, is that the same mutual view you have now when you're not playing, Izzy? Yeah, that is East Mike. I do. I am mutual. Okay? I am neutral. Neutral. Okay? And on that, well, it couldn't have got any better. Yeah, because take- <laughs> oh, hang on. I've got to say this because Robbie just pointed this out. Izzy is so neutral, he has a Crusaders blanket on his knee. That's how, that's how neutral he is. <laughs> <laughs> it's cold, Robbie. It's cold down here in Christchurch. It's the only blanket I've got near me. Okay, mate? And I'll be wearing it all year long. You take a look at this. Anyway, boys, my simply the best taking a listen to this. Clark Creek runs up on the inside strongly, and then Kane, ladies' man, Aegon, El Ventador, well back, Punchera straightening up in the middle. Lark Creek. Lark Creek bursts through. Lark Creek has raced to the lead here. Aegon giving chase. Desert lining wider El Ventador. It's Lark Creek, though, with 100 metres to go. Second last year. This year, it's all yours, girl. The class mare back on top. Lark Creek's won it. Lark Creek won it a length on Aegon and third. Desert Told you, Rick Dog. Always on the nose, <laughs> never on the tail. Izzy's investment. We have finally got one over the line. $237. 50 goes to my pick. That was Chris who sent through Spread the Love that won and paid $1.75. And Rick Dog, have you got the name of the person? Is it Richard, you say? I think it's Richard. Was it Richard? Yes. Robbie? Well, whoever tipped through the creek on Friday night, let us know. Double eight, double three, because you got paid $237 as his investment. How good? How good indeed. Yeah, we got one We got one home. I, mate, that, that's superb. Pound sixes, so good money. Good money, good to get paid, good to get paid. And we've got the, uh, the trainer the trainer or owner of La Creek coming owner. up. Owner. Owner of La One Creek. of the owners. Yeah, yep. coming up on Love Racing, so looking forward to that a little later on in the show. We've also got Isaac Boss, as I mentioned, coming up after seven to talk rugby. And Gary Stead, the cricket coach from the, uh, the Black Caps, of course, he is on with us after eight o'clock after, is he what's been a pretty tough uh, three T20s for him, you'd have to say. Yeah, we parked that, we parked that. I gave up after round one. Yes, to be honest, you know, like it was, well, match two, watched the Crusaders, flicked on the TV, and I thought, oh, yeah, we won down, but Mitchell Santner's in. 
okay, what's going on here? Uh, lost a bit of a bit of a bit of experience. Pretty tough old outing. Look, we parked that. We didn't eventuate what we were wanting. And um, we've got to go to the test matches now, and their backs are well and truly against the wall. We go to the base and reserve and be, get, get an update of the casualty ward mm. from the Black Pats' point of view. You know? I mean, um, yeah, you're right. I mean, that uh, second T20, there was no Kane and no Daryl Mitchell, obviously, but then all mm. of a sudden, no Rach and Ravindra and Devin Conway was off getting an <laughs> X-ray. So it was like, hang on a minute. <laughs> yeah, two of the players that set us up perfectly in match one. Uh, are not even anywhere near the park in injuries. Uh, good to hear Devin Conway got cleared of his finger injury, but still concerns there. So, look, looking forward to having a chat to Gary about uh, the casualty ward, you know, the approach to this test series, you know, highly anticipated how competitive we can be, um, you know, the, the approach he will take from a bowling point of view. Um, Kuga lines in. You've got Willow Rock, who had an outstanding test match and the last one against the Proteas, making his debut. So, yeah, plenty to debate. Looking forward to it. Yeah, heaps to uh, to get into. Let's do this, though, uh, because we have missed uh, so much taking the League Cup final. It is time for some headlines for you with Bunnings Trade, your partner in getting tax time sorted. And there's been plenty of sport going on, as you're uh, well aware, including Six Nations. Now, Six Nations over the weekend, Ireland beat Wales pretty comfortably. The Scots got up. Fourth time in a row they've beaten England now in the Calcutta Cup. That was a great win for them, 30-21. to 21. But this morning, Italy were denied a first away win against France in almost three decades as Paolo Grabisi's last gasp penalty hit the upright in a 13-all draw. Grabisi almost ran out of time to kick the penalty in the 80th minute. The ball fell off the tee, is he, with 10 oh, seconds okay. left. Had to put it back on, then didn't have time to... Do go through his routine again. So hit it, hit the upright, and it would have been just their second victory in France since a 40 to 32 win in Grenoble in 1997. Uh, Le Bleu played the second half with 14 men following Jonathan Dante's red card. The result leaves France nine points off Ireland at the top with two rounds to play. I mean, they lost that game against Ireland after a red card. They've drawn this game with Italy after a red card. They went out of the World Cup quarterfinals. Is their coach going to be under the heat now, do you think? Yeah, Fabian Galthi is going to yeah. be under the pump. Um, mate, it just shows how big and how much impact Jonathan, uh, Antoine Dupont has on, on this French outfit. Um, he is the glue. He is that team through and through, uh, they just look like a, a team that has lacking confidence. Um, you know, uh, what's the, Pino, the winger, I mm. was watching a couple of bits of that game, and he had an opportunity with ball in hand, he was chip-kicking everything and wasn't holding on it. Like, like they're searching for answers, and when you're, when you're searching, you, you tend to go away from your identity. They, they, they are lacking so much uh, in that. In England, mate, going down against Scotland, watch that game. You can just... They are in all sorts, and we've heard from Borthwick at the start of the year saying they want to, you know, play with the ball in hand, they want to create opportunities. Well, they had an opportunity right in front of their six. They had Scotland under pressure. Ford goes back into the pocket and does a drop goal. And you're just thinking, what are you up to? Whereas Scotland, on the other side of things, are scoring tries. Van der Merwes is a hat-trick. Like, like, they're, just, they're just lacking in in all facets of the game, and look, Scotland will be ruined that missed opportunity against the French a couple of weeks ago. If they had won that, it would have set them up 
perfectly going for. They got Italy this weekend. They'll beat Italy, and then the final game is up against Ireland. You know, imagine can Ireland, can England do Scotland a favour? England are playing Ireland uh, on the tenth of March, and if they're able to find something, they might do Scotland a favour. But this is Ireland's grand team. Mate, they are by far the better team. Yeah, in the Six Nations. It's got to be said. Yeah, I 100% mm. agree with you. Uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers, Pablo Sarabia struck in the first half as they beat Sheffield United 1-0 earlier this morning. It's their third win in four in the Premier League. They are now up to eighth. It's Wolves' first home league win in, uh, since December. It's taken them to 38 points from 26 matches. Sheffield United on 13 points remain rooted to the bottom of the table. And as we heard earlier, Liverpool have won the first silverware of the English football season, taking the League Cup final 1-0 in extra time over Chelsea. Captain Virgil van Dijk headed Jurgen Klopp's team ahead in the 118th minute after a stalemate after 90 minutes. There you go. Those are some sports news headlines for you. Bunnings Trade has tax time sorted with amazing value on a huge range of power tools and more. And something I I, I did want to ask, Izzy, Hmm. Did you have a bet with Falao Fakatava and Putty Putty Parkinson at all? Because I noticed they looked a lot like Tony Kemp running around on the field on the weekend. <laughs> blonde, blonde, blonde uh, locks, those boys. Oh, I think that's just a, they're just going through a phase of being young, teenagers. And um, <laughs> you, you, just, you just can't miss it. Um, yeah, so I don't know the situation there. Uh, they've, they've, they've absolutely hammered the peroxide, let's be honest, because to get your hair like looking that white, you're doubling up dosage. Otherwise, if you don't, it's going orange. Yeah. And, and, you know, you call them orange, a mouldy orange. So, yeah, look, it's it's orange something ruffy. going on. Yeah, the orange roughy. The orange roughy. I don't know, mate. All right. It's just, yeah, they're young. They're young. They're young. Yeah. Speaking you of young. You do dumb things when you're young. Speaking yeah. of young, let's throw to the cricket desk. Uh, Robbie, not, come n- in. Nice segue. Uh, not, not, uh, not cricket desk related in this sense, but I'm okay. um, just looking at the text history to mm. loop back to simply the best our mm. win. Uh, looks like it, it was Richard, although he doesn't didn't even leave his name on, on that text. Uh, and yeah, he, he sent it in about 7am on Thursday, and then 8.52, I think when we'd announced what we were going to pick, he said... Crikey, Ricardo, a win. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, he had said six the win or two two eighty the place or two forty the place, like that, and yeah. I'd gone ah, put it on the nose. That's awesome. <laughs> put it on the nose. Oh, I'm so fizz, boys. Like when that came through, I didn't even actually watch the race, but uh, Katie Tiley, who helps us out with our love racing, sent through, and I've ricked off. I was like, ricked off, we won. We got an easiest investment, and I didn't, I didn't ruin it. Oh, no, you didn't, you didn't ruin it. No, we did. We got her home. We got her home. And, and to be fair, Katie Tiley does more than help with our love racing segment. <laughs> I think she needs a producer credit. To be honest, come on, let's be let's be honest. She needs a producer credit. Yeah, oh. love racing. Yeah. Brought to you by Katie <laughs> It is two minutes past seven. Let's catch up with Araha now for news with Kubota. Take on any job this summer with Kubota's range. Who am I? It is back because uh, the good buggers at Adidas have uh, ponied up. $100 Adidas golf voucher up for grabs. Get away Can with I Adidas a- golf. No. Uh, visit adidas.co.nz oh. slash getaway with golf. T's and C's apply. Uh, well, you can, if you can guess the uh, guess the answer, maybe, oh. maybe, if you text it through. Here, I'm going to give you two okay. clues here because uh, well, obviously we came on late, so we didn't do the clue at six. But clue one. I was an opening batsman for my country, and I was never out in single figures. Okay, I was an opening batsman for my country, and I was never out in single figures. Clue two, I played over 100 first-class matches for Canterbury. 
So those are your two clues. Double eight, double three. Who is it for Adidas? Hundred dollar Adidas golf voucher up for grabs. It could be all yours. Uh, we will uh, announce the winner uh, closer to nine o'clock. Tough one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to rattle my brain. Have we? Th- is he? Is he over two meters? No, he's not over two meters. He's okay. not. Okay. Yeah. All right. But yeah, that, that, that might have given it away for a few people. We'll see how we go. We'll see how we go. <laughs> uh, now, we had a, t- a text through from Brad earlier when we were talking about that, um, uh, about mm. the uh, Will Jordan um, missing and, and how some of those fullbacks like Ruben Love and Zahn Sullivan, et cetera, all, all stood up over the weekend. And he said, uh, surely Sam Gilbert's a smoky for the All Blacks this year. Yeah, it could be a, a great option there. Um, it's, it's just a pretty stacked midfield comp- uh, options at the moment. You look at the Chiefs, you look at the Blues, you know, you got Geordie Barrett running around for the Canes, look, Dallas McLeod, Levi Moore. Uh, look, it's, it's, it's just so stacked at the moment. But if he has a uh, um, you know, consistent year and, and continues on the form he showed on the weekend, anything's a, a possibility because he has utility factor to him. He can exactly. play in the backs. And the 12, he can go out to fullback. He's a big man. He can kick really well. So plays, he's got that utility factor a bit factor of wing as well. So, yes, mm. he's done all sorts. So speaking of big men, Isaac Boss joins us. Uh, g'day, <laughs> mate. G'day, Bossy. How you doing, mate? Yeah, not bad, mate. Not bad. That's a story. Oh, mate. How fizzed were you after that Friday night game, mate, and the Chiefs getting up over the Crusaders in game one? <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was a good way to start, wasn't it? It was a bit of a bit of, uh, a bit of everything. So um, uh, you can't complain about how tight it is. A little bit of controversy, um, some players stepping up, some more injuries and stuff. So yeah, plenty of talking points. But it was a good start to Super Rugby. I thought. Yeah, I think the controversy you're talking about is uh, the mouth guard situation. We're going to talk about it throughout our show, but um, caught me by surprise, and it caught Anton Leonard Brown by surprise. <laughs> you, you think it, obviously player welfare's got a, a big talking point in the game, and I know you've you've had your own situation with concussions, so we're trying to get on top of things. But I think clarity just needed in, in the situation, bossy. Yeah, it is. and I think as much of anything, it's. Uh... I know there was something coming out earlier in the in the media about the mouth guards, and no one really takes notice of it until mm. it um, mm. until it actually makes a difference. Uh, so it's big patters, you know. All of a sudden, we think it's rubbish, whereas I think it's um, I think it's going on the right track, but it just needs a little bit of uh, refining, and especially at that professional level where you're going to get higher impacts uh, more regularly. And um, yeah, they'd say they have to have a certain load, but you know you, you can't exactly replicate that at training. So it'll take a little bit to iron out and. Uh, a little bit of common sense, hopefully, uh, will prevail around some of these ones. Yeah, hopefully we get some clarity on it um, and, and just a bit more of an understanding of how the technology works. And we'll try and have a, a wee crack at it. I uh, got some little bit of info yesterday in regards to to the mouth guards. But, uh, mate, for you, Xavier Rowe got the crack at nine. You got Cortez Ratma. You got uh, Tahuru Rangi that's coming uh, at third string, mate. So this, the halfback ranks at the Chiefs are pretty solid. What do you make of Xavier? Yeah, I thought he did really well. Uh, and those battles have sort of been going on for a couple of years now. Without uh, Webby there, one of them sort of needs to step up, I think. And they've all sort of been having good games and then they sort of have a little bit of a trough and then the other one comes in good. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that battle eventuates this year. So they're all very, very good. Obviously, Roe got the first nod and did very, very well. It'll be interesting to see if they keep that one going this weekend or they look for a bit of rotation because I think there's definitely... A, uh, and it's across the board in a couple of other, other positions as well. There's definitely some uh, opportunities for guys to really stake claims now that a, a few senior players have gone, uh, but they've got to they've got to really um, you know perform amongst their peers and 
uh, Rogue got the first crack. I wouldn't be surprised if Artima gets a crack soon, uh, and then Triple T as well. So uh, it's one of those ones. If you're a player and you're in that position, you want all the game time, but you know the other guys deserve game time as well. So you actually really have to really outperform them significantly to be able to justify that, and that's where you go on to the next level of a top all-black halfback. Mate, you look. You just touched on it, the All Blacks halfback. You think after losing Aaron Smith, it's going to be a difficult, um, you know, job trying to fill that experience in the gap and and how good he has been for the All Blacks. But you look around the country at the nines that are that are playing and and their ages. It excites me. It must excite you too. No, it does. And we've always had good depth. Um, mm. We've always had. A, uh, and I've always had a lot around that next level that can step up and, and then probably. You know, for different reasons, they they never quite get to the next level. But yeah, even you look at the Hurricanes as well with Savi uh, Jordan in the weekend. He looks, yeah. looks like he's got the goods as well. You know, and they've still got Piranara and um, and Roygaard there. So there's definitely some depth around, uh, and they're starting to fill up in the uh, you know in the other provinces as well with Noel Hotham um, mm. and Mitchell Drummond and things like that. So there's definitely a lot of potential in nine. Um, someone really has to, like I said, someone really has to start taking a claim at Super Rugby, and that's what. This will happen in the next few weeks, I think. By the time we get to week five or six, uh, there should be a few um, clear standouts, hopefully. Well, it's interesting, actually, you mentioned Mitchell Drummond there, mate, because, you know, that Crusaders side for years has been so dominant, but he's never really had a look at that that All Black squad. Why do you reckon that is? And is, is now his time, now that um, Aaron Smith is gone and TJ's kind of maybe uh, not the player he was pre-injury? Yeah, potentially. Um, and... There's always that, uh, you know, that timing as well. Everything you can't international rugby uh, in your position. You can't judge timing. I always go back to a guy Marty Holler, who was one of the best, probably the second best uh, open side flanker in the world. Uh, the only trouble is, Richard McCall was around the same time as him as New Zealand. So he could have played. He went on and could, you know would have been starting flanker in every other team in the world. You know, so um, that's just the way it goes. And I think with the last number of years we've had. Uh, the nines that we've had, um, it's just hard to, to um, make space for someone like a Mitchell Drummond, whereas all of a sudden later in his career it starts opening up for him and, and that's patience, that's experience and that's just, uh, you know, that's the market as well. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, Marty Oller is a throwback to Dwayne Monkley. What is it about Waikato 7s and just not timing their runs, eh? Um, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mate, I mean, out of the out of the weekend, obviously that was the big game. Everybody was really looking forward to a rematch of last year's final. But of the other games, who who impressed you uh, in this opening round of Super Rugby? Um, look, I think... Uh, I actually think the Blues are looking strong across the board, especially the mm. back line. It's good to see a couple of those guys uh, are really fit. Um uh, I think they'll be a, be a bit of a threat. And, uh, you know, a way to up at Northland with a, to a team like Draw early on is always a potential hookup, and I think they handled that one pretty well without being spectacular. So I think that's good for them. But I also think um, the Hurricanes, uh, you know, I think they, that was quite a good performance from them away from home as well. So I, I think they're looking reasonably strong. I know a lot of people will be saying the Highlanders. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think they've still got a bit of proof in my mind yet anyway. They look, look positive, but hopefully they can uh, maintain that through the season, you know. What do you make of the Aussies, mate? There's been a lot of talk on, on the Australians you know, coming yeah. into this competition, yeah. being competitive. <laughs> Phil War is hoping that they can be competitive, mate. Uh, what you, would you make of the, the Aussie teams that you probably cast your over? Oh, yeah, you notice I didn't really say too much about them and that he looks all right. But, um, <laughs> look, uh, the Brumbies are always going to be, uh, mm. you know, 
probably one of the stronger sides there, and they will. Um, I think they might be able to time the run. Uh, but uh, they'll be a little bit. Reds got some good starts from me. Actually, Reds have got some good individuals, uh, and if they can, yep. it's just whether they've got the depth and uh, they've got some young fellas too. But again, I think it might be depth, and it might be just being able to go deeper in the season for them. So they might uh, cause an up at settle too. Um, but yeah, there's other, the other three um, Force Rebels and um, Waratahs are, are probably looking quite lacklustre for, for my liking. Yeah, I think you're on on the money there, uh, Bossy. Hey, uh, let's go back to the to the Chiefs and talk about Damian McKenzie. He only played, you know, forty odd minutes in that performance against the Crusaders, but looked really sharp. And I love the uh, evolution, while well, the understanding of the kick chase rules, because that really gave the Chiefs an opportunity that uh, you know teams are going to start questioning kicking back to Damian and Shooter Stevenson, Sean Stevenson. Yeah, they've got they've got a posted uh, backline, haven't they? And especially counter it. It's mm. always been a strength. But uh, I think uh, even just besides the, the counter, I think they did look uh, very organised around set piece. It was a shame he went off early. Hopefully, it's not too bad. Um, but uh, I, I also was quite impressed actually with uh, his opposition um, ten for the night as well. I thought I hunted very well. So um, might be a couple of exciting matchups coming uh, down the line as well. But Chiefs is looking strong across the board. Hopefully, again, Prince Pio was looking strong until he got that um, awful concussion. So hopefully he's um, he'll be he'll be okay. But uh, yeah, I, I think um, I, I think Damo is really looking. Yeah. Like he can step up at the moment, you know. It's obviously any days. He's always we know he's got the talent. He's got that flair. Um, yeah. So hopefully he can sort of just keep that consistency on, and especially in those pressure matches, which is probably where it needs to. And ones like that would have been great if he had gone the full eighty in, in a game like that and been there to to steal the deal on winning the match like that. Because I think that's the, those um, things that he needs to just to sort of throw show through for the next level. Do you think he was breathing a sigh of relief when uh, Tamaiti Williams did a hammy? <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody would be, would they? Crikey, that's pretty tiny size. I heard a stat, I mate. I was, I was packing myself, and I was looking at Tamaiti go, bowl him over, bowl him over, but he pulled the hammy. But apparently Tamaiti ran the third fastest of the night out of every one of the Crusaders when he made that break. So you can understand why he bloody pulled a hammy. You're not meant to run that fast, big fella. Oh, um, not. If you know nah. what I mean, a pullback, you would have just been picking a side and trying to make him go that way and run him down in the corner just so he doesn't run straight at you. You know, jump to the I would have closed my eyes, mate. Closed... On the right. I would have closed my eyes and dived somewhere and then I would have been taken off because my mouth guard would have rattled, mate. So uh, well done to the Chiefs. They got one up over the Crusaders. All right, mate, let's talk quickly about the Six Nations. Can anyone stop Ireland? Uh, mate, they actually can't, I don't think. Uh, even with the way it's gone at the minute with bonus points, um, this and I, there haven't been bonus points in the Six Nations uh, for for a very long time, but they're potentially on the on the path of a Grand Slam, a bonus point Grand Slam. They got England to go and Scotland to home, but um, which you know they're, they're, they are tough matches. But to be honest, I think they're looking at a far better team, um, even for the post. Everyone was concerned about post Johnny Sexton era. I think um, across the board they got depth um, and they're playing a lot more as a team. Uh, they're looking very very good. Mate, how much pressure do you reckon Fabian Gaultier is under? Uh, they they got knocked out of the quarterfinals of a World Cup at home. They were supposed to win. They got uh, towed up by Ireland at home, opening game of this comp. Now they've just drawn with the Italians and another red card. I know. I, I couldn't believe that this morning. And even last week, I think it was, um, they had Scotland. Uh, and they only managed to get through uh, in the last play, very controversial fashion as well. 
uh, of everything you never, you know, at, at home is where it's very, very hard to win. Um, or to lose, sorry, when you're in, uh, in the Six Nations, so it's hard to win away, but they've drawn today with Italy. It was a home match, and they got um, significantly beaten by Ireland in, in round one, so I'd say, yeah, the knives will be out. The guillotine will be out for Gauthier, I think, in France. They better be careful. Is that guillotine out for Borthwick? Oh, shocking. Yeah, they're still rebuilding, aren't they? Crikey. <laughs> uh, Come on, man. They've been building for 20 years. Well, that's the line <laughs> in the press. I know. I've, I've never looked, um, seen them look so so poor, and that's what I mean. They've got Next week, they've got Ireland at home. Uh, Ireland mm. are on the back of uh, equaling their record most um, uh, Six Nation wins in a row. I think they're on 11, so only England stand in the way of getting in their... Uh, the path of setting another record, so it doesn't look good for them next week. But um, yeah, look, I, I think yeah, English rugby is in a, in a very, very um, precarious position at the moment, and I don't know if it's coaching that contains that. Um, but yeah, sooner or later, the coach has to answer it to it, doesn't it? Is it English mentality? There was an opportunity in the game when they had the Scots under so much pressure around their 22. They weren't able to break it, but you continue to fight, particularly with um, the tries that Scotland were. Uh, we're scoring, but George Ford gets back in the pocket, kicks it over in threes. They get a penalty. They're, they're trying to do it in threes, mate. And at the start of the season, Steve Borthwick spoke about we want to play some rugby, we want to score some tries. I am yet to see that. Yeah, and in fairness, the, the first try they did score, I think, was a great set piece try, um, mm. and we don't mm. see too many like that. So I thought yeah, this could be a real, uh, a real great game. Uh, it was poor defence in some aspects from Scotland, but um, yeah, same again. Popping back in for a drop goal and being a little bit negative is a, it's a little bit of a, I guess it's resorting to type. And I, I, I guess the only thing I can say, and I don't think it's bad, is just trying to keep within that two scores or within that score and a bit from uh, Scotland. I think they just, he might have, and Ford is playing well, I think, um, in certain aspects, but um, they don't have much around him. So, yeah, I would have liked to see them actually have a proper crack. They've got some great talent on the wings and give them the ball. They don't see the ball as you would have hated playing yeah. there. I hate. I would have hated it. I would be firing, spitting tacks at George Ford if he ever did that in, in the game, and I'm at, and he gets back in the pocket. But hey, look, we get to see change, and you have to say that Ireland are going to go on and, and win the Six Nations pretty comfortably. Rick Dog. Yeah, they will. They are looking very comfortable at the moment. It's going to take a lot of stopping if they can be stopped. Uh, Bossy, thanks very much for coming on this morning, mate. Always good to chat. Are you? Are you still? Yeah, cheers, are, are you still looking after Rory McIlroy's driver? <laughs> yeah, it's um, it doesn't do too well for me to be honest. Uh, it's a good story every time I go out, so people think I'm. Have you got one? To, I've definitely got one, except that always uh, the ball always ends up uh, in the two fairways left and two fairways right. I've got his, I've got his, uh, his three wood and his uh, rescue as well. I think. How'd you get there? Like I know he loves rugby. Uh, uh, Ulster boy, Belfast boy. Um, just my time up there, and obviously uh, a few boys know him very well. So uh, would have yeah. Never played a game of golf for them. I've never got up to that standard, but I did get one of his clubs, a couple of his clubs, which is, uh, yeah, not bad. Come on now. I'll let you have oh, a hit one yeah. day, eh? Yeah, if you get bored and you want to upgrade, bro, just let me know. I'll swap you. <laughs> <laughs> it's about 13 years old now, but, uh, you know, it's one of those ones that'll just stay in the bag forever. I think I don't think I'll change drivers, you know. It's just a nice... Uh, Unless I get uh, get a bit better, anyway. Yeah, well, that's right. I mean, it's tell you what, Bossy's golf collection uh, mm. is like a who's who. Because who gave you your bag? Oh, that was a uh, no. Nah, beat. Uh, there's another Irish golfer, Shane Lowry. We beat him in uh, closest to the oh. pin. Now, uh, 
Uh, it was the Leinster Golf Day in fairness, but um, he was probably about a dozen gins deep. There's a compulsory gin and tonic on that uh, on the tenth. Um, uh, one of the golf courses in Dublin. So yeah, I want to try to get closer closer to the pin than um, Shane Larry. So yeah. Oh, so I uh, suppose you got uh, Padre Harrington's putter too. Well, well, we're at it. Uh, he's, uh, unfortunately, he's a monster boy, you see, so he's, uh, he's, I, never got, I never played down a month, I never got down there, so I got the other boys. Yeah, Good but, stuff, uh, bossy. Yeah, yeah, floating around the provinces, mate, jeez, I'm going to have to find some, uh, something around here, so Izzy he, he Dags putter doesn't quite cut it, does it? <laughs> Izzy Dags putter doesn't work, work, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, bossy, go well, brother. Well, cheers, guys. Cheers. Isaac Boss there with us. Uh, you're listening to SCNZ Breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. And, mate, honestly, yeah, he told me that story. I did a show with him. He filled in for Beeve one day on drive. And, uh, yeah, they, they had a golf day. And Pat, uh, uh, Shane Lowry was just parked up at the 10th, which was a par three. Mm. And they had a bar at the 10th. And so, like, yeah. they were going around in groups, and Shane Lowry would have a closest to the pin challenge with everyone, and then the whoever got whoever beat him got a golf bag, a Mizuno golf bag. And he, as he said, Shane Lowry was just there sipping gins all day, and by the time he got to him, he was about ten deep, and then and he won. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is awesome, man! Roy McIlroy loves his golf. Shane Lowry loves ah loves rugby, sorry, and so does Shane Lowry. So, man, they've they produce some fine golfers, and uh, I know they uh, really support. Man, that's cool. I hope, look, on my putter, mm. yeah, I'm heading to New Zealand Open today. Mm. Going down, it's the start this week, and I am absolutely fizz, but I'm going in cold. I had all ideas of doing some practice last week, but uh, life just got on top of me, so I've done nothing. So I'm going in with low expectations, really just going to try and pull something. I've done it before in test matches. Mm. Horrible preparation and gone out there and played extremely well. So hopefully I'm, I'm trying to emulate him with, with this golf as well. <laughs> well, good luck to you. Good luck to you. We'll get a report. We'll get reports throughout the week, no doubt. It is 7.25. Yep. We'll hear from Scott Barrett shortly. It's up our seven here on Breakfast on SCNZ 0800 1508 11 or 8833. It is Tradies Hour with Night and Day as well. Warm up this morning with a hell of a coffee starting at $4.50 at your local Night and Day. Tell you who needs to warm up. To the idea of these new mouth guards, uh, 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 most of the players, including Scott Barrett, who said this after Friday night's game against the Chiefs. Honestly, I think uh, it's probably a step too far from a player when you're getting dragged or, and you're looking around what actually happened. I think it's obviously, yeah, we want player welfare and, and that's uh, paramount. But I think if you're influencing the game when key players are going off um, and they don't know what for, I think that can be frustrating for a player. So I think, yeah, it needs to be a happy medium somewhere within it. Yeah, that's Scott Barrett. A lot of players unhappy, uh, I think, about a lack of consultation. I saw a couple of the Aussies talking about how they're a bit bulkier and they're a bit harder to breathe with them as well, is he? Yeah, and they're 500 bucks each too, so they're expensive. Someone's making plenty out of it. Um, so I think it's just cla- – I was talking to someone yesterday around these mouth guards and the way that they work. So they're a Bluetooth system that sends – data back to the sideline and someone takes a look at it and there's there's two aspects to this thing and when they ping that's when there's been a situation when your body's gone into an awkward um, position and that sends the data back and they take it off so I, I heard that Anton Leonard Brown's situation happened in the fourth minute of the game and then it didn't ping until the last 10 minutes of the game 
So there's already a little bit of controversy there. Uh, you know, Quinton Strange was like, what's going on? You know, he's had to run off. Anton Same has he was taken back, like, what's going on here? This is a critical moment in the game. So basically, we're just keen to get some clarity on how this um, technology works, what are they looking for, um, and also, they wear them during training week, and that's how they get their baseline assessment done. So they wear it throughout the week, which is which is good. Mouthguards are a big part of the game. We need them. We need all players to to wear them. Um, and you were saying that guy in Scotland, Van der Merwe, was he not wearing a mouthguard at all? No, nah, he's got a hat trick, got a yellow card, didn't wear a mouthguard. Yeah, okay, so that that's a horrible uh, situation. He is a winger, um, I, though. I, th- I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah well, I wore them. Um, so... We need, and also I heard, if you don't, if you refuse to wear the mouth guard technology and you have a situation where you get a head knock, there is no HIA. So that rules you out. You have, you're gone. You're gone for the game. So players have been forced to wear this, this technology and these, these mouth guards. So, um, oh, you know, like, it's a bit of, bit of controversy in week one. And from what I'm hearing, in the fourth minute, to then get pulled in the in the last ten minutes, yeah, you're thinking, okay, this is a bit of a shambles to start. Yeah, it's not going well. Uh, keen to hear from you on this. Uh, your thoughts on, I mean, player safety versus actually player consultation and having something that works properly. Uh, let's uh, hear from you. Double eight double three oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Here's Araha with news for Kubota taking on any job this summer with Kubota's range. Get the Kenoth feeling with Kennards higher. And yes, the Six Nations, a big upset this morning. The Italians nearly pulled it off. They ended up with a draw at 13 all against France. Had a last-minute penalty hit the post that would have won them the game and given them just their second win against the French in 30 years. As it stands, Ireland, 15 points at the top of the standings in second place. Ireland on nine, uh, so Scotland on nine. Uh, basically means Scotland would have to win uh, both their games to come and pick up a bonus point and hope Ireland don't win anything uh, to be able to pip them. That's kind of how it works at the moment. So Ireland looking very good at the moment. I'll tell you who's uh, not looking good, though, is Baz's English cricket team. Uh, they they were in a position of dominance in the fourth test in Aranchi. They scored 353 in the first innings and rolled India for 307, uh, but then collapsed all out for 145 of their second innings. India currently... 40 without loss at stumps on day three, needing 152 runs to win. You've got to think, Izzy, that they'll chase that down. Yeah, easy. 152 to win. Um, and just ruin a missed opportunity here from the English. Bears will be really, well, I don't know if anything deflates Bears, but, um, you know, just missed opportunities, particularly with the cavalry that has been out for the Indians. So they were definitely a gettable, tough place to play. Um, but yeah, I'd say England will wrap this up pretty comfortably and wrap the series up too. Yeah, and uh, it's uh, keeping an eye on the uh, Mexican Open and the PGA Tour. Have you heard of a guy called Jake Knapp? No, oh, you just told me this before, but I saw a headline. I was thinking, oh yeah, what's, who's this guy? Yeah, what so about him? He's, he's 29 years old, but it's his rookie season, right? So he's been mm. battling for all. He's, he was working as a bouncer in Costa Mesa uh, for a long time. So he's, a, he's obviously a bit of a unit, uh, mm. but he is dominating in the Mexican Open. He shot 63 in the third round, uh, 11 birdies in that round, which is a PGA Tour record. And then he also... Uh, I think equaled the record for the lowest score after 54 holes of 194. Wow. Okay. So he's got a chance. We're into the final round today. He's 19 under. He's four shots to clear of Valmarki. Um, 
Wow. Okay. <laughs> He's going to go and stitch it. How good does I say? The PGA, LIV, everything. You know, we've got Kazuma Kabori in the Webex series in Australia. People starting to stamp their mark on the DP World Tour. Did you see that Ugandan on the DP World Tour? No, I didn't. So he is the first Ugandan to make the cut at a DP World Tour ever. Wow. And he drained a putt on the 18th hole. And don't you love that? Traditionally, not a golfing country. But I saw a clip of the Ugandan, um, his local club in Uganda, and they were roaring. So some beautiful stories been made in the game of golf. Yeah, that was a Kenyan Open, I think, wasn't it, that he was playing mm, at the DP yeah. World Tour. Uh, but I was just doing a bit of reading about Nap. When he was at high school, he was playing the Costa Mesa, at the Costa Mesa Country Club that's got two courses, a Los Lagos and a shorter one called Mesa Linda. He shot 12 under. He shot a 58 on that while he was at high school. Must be nice, eh? Yeah, must, must be. Nice. Maybe it's giving me a little bit of confidence heading to Thursday. There you Can't go. Wait. That's what we want, mate. That's what we want. <laughs> we want uh, We want the dagger dominating. Uh, we also want to hear from you on uh, the player player mouthguard situation. The players aren't happy. How much consultation was there? We will try and find that out for you. From big jobs to even bigger jobs, get the Kenneth feeling with Ken Ty. I want to hear from you. 0800 150 or double eight double three. Time for our choices. Flooring poll. Discover your style with carpets by design sale. What do you reckon the best performance of the weekend was? Yours is he, is it the Chiefs, the Blues, the Highlanders, the Hurricanes, or the Warriors? Up the Waz. Up the Waz. And I know Barry's come through and he, hasn't even, he said we haven't even spoken about this. I know Barry. There's so much to talk about, but up the Waz, man. They look good. They looked really good. Kerb Catewell, man, he gets me excited. Marata Niakore coming off the bench, providing impact. Oh, Barnett steamrolling on a set play that I thought was outstanding. Roger Toy Vasashek offloading central in the in the in the centres. So, mate, up the wires. I'm, I'm pumped. Up the wires. Up the wires indeed. Head to the SEN app, find SENZ Breakfast and vote on the poll there with over 20 plus discounted carpet styles in the carpets by design sale at Choices Flooring. Endless design possibilities. And Dean has called through on 0800 150811. Dean, uh, if you're going to vote in that Choices Flooring poll, your best performance of the weekend, who is it? The Brumby's number eight. Oh, really? What, what, okay. what, what, what uh, stood out about him? Zinzan Brook, like if you can drop kick, he'll be right there. That kid is good. <laughs> Beautiful, well, mate. It's a dominant oh, win, wasn't this... it? This kid's, this kid's real good. That's what I love about it, is he? Like, and Ricardo, I haven't watched any of that preseason stuff. Like the Highlanders used to go well in the preseason, and then come the season, all of a sudden it's harder. But they look damn good too. Like, one thing I'd love to—I mm. did say it last year. I reckon if if we spent five years with Sam Gilbert getting the coach and yep. Rico Ioane's got, you'll have a mighty fine centre. A mighty fine mm. centre with a hell of a skill set. Actually, you'd be the best utility back in New Zealand. Mm. There you go. Defence needs work on, but yeah, he can do everything else. You can play every position in the back line, and he's just a handy enough goal kicker. So if you want a utility all-black reserve to play with um, Fokitava, just have two reserves and just beat everyone up with a decent back line and either Zahn Sullivan or Stevenson at full whack. Geez, that boy for the Hondas was all right too. Like, that's the beauty yeah. of our game. It's just the beauty of our game. That number eight for the Brumbies, never heard of him. Number six for the Hondas, I guess he's been around for a while. What a game he had. Fokitar, mm. that's what the kid does. Now that he's got the jerseys there, there's been harping on about this for years. You say Rich Mwanga's better than Damien McKenzie or Bowden Barrett's better than uh, Will Jordan. Bullshit. You've got to give them the shirt and tell them it's theirs. Mm. Let them play in it mm. so they don't know if they have a slightly 
Israel Dag bad day because he didn't get out on the turfs and get told off and then play outstanding. He's going to play next week. You've got to give them that confidence. And then the game's not yep. really that difficult. Under pressure, it's bloody hard. But it's worse when mm. you know that, shit, if I don't get it right today or I drop one high ball or get bumped off a tackle, you know, I'm out. Whereas Rico Yuan gets game after game after game at 13. Like, put him on 11, for God's sake. He's, he's, he's a freak. He's not a 13 yep. asshole. Sorry about swearing, but he's just not. He doesn't have distribution skills. He doesn't want to play there. Honestly, he doesn't want to play there. That try at Twickenham, two years mm-hmm. ago when he ran around Caden Clark, if you didn't get excited seeing that and you didn't get the fear of God, Diggy, if you're the England fullback thinking, oh, my God, this prick's coming my way, fastest thing on feet with tags, you're going to run straight out the top of me. And they couldn't even touch him. Why is he at 13? I just don't get it. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to hamstring the Blues again. It, they've got outstanding outside backs. Mark, I mean, Mark Talia just wants the ball. He's a right winger. It's like putting your yeah, third base in you. First I'm hearing you, Dino. Boy can't I'm, the ball. It's just, yeah, I appreciate it. the only country I, that does it. Yep. I appreciate you venting a little bit of frustration there. And there is a little bit of frustration in regards to these mouth guards, which we want to talk about as well, Rick Dog. Mm. And we appreciate your call, Dino, 0800 if you want to have your say on the weekend's performances. Could be rugby, could be the Warriors. Let us know. But here's a message from Dom in regards to the mouth guard situation. Put it this way, boys. If the Crusaders scored off a set-piece try to win the game because we had players out of position with our ALB off, I would have been absolutely spewing. I'm sure Clayton would have more to say about them after the match. Even feel for Quinn and Strange. It's lucky they had an actual lock replacement that early in the game, but even still, from one of our passionate listeners, Dom, in regards to that situation, yeah, look, it, it probably didn't have the consequences it potentially could have had, Rick Dog. But uh, there's still just so much uncertainty in regards to these mouth guards. We, we knew that they were coming. Knew they were going to be a part of the the game. We didn't know what kind of impact they're going to have. Well, right now it's round one. It's had a hell of an impact, particularly in the game on Friday night. So uh, I'm pretty sure plenty more debate. What what do you make, mate? You like are you pretty confused about the situation? Well, I, I think the problem is that it seems like a lack of consultation. You know, and they obviously didn't test them because they're not working properly. So mm. they need to sort that. We're keen to hear from you. 0800-150-811-8833. It is quarter to eight. It is 10 away from eight o'clock. It is also tradies hour with night and day. Night and day's got the right tools to up a hell of a coffee from just $4.50. Grab one today. Graham's called through on 0800-150-811. Morning, Graham. How are you doing? Uh, good day, guys. How are you both? Good? Good, thank you, good? you Graham. Yep. Yep, yeah. now, now, beautiful weekend of sport, mate. But a uh, lot of chat in regards to these mouth guards. What did you make of it? Oh, I'd drop the whole. If I if, if I was the one had power of uh, like the judge in court, they'd be they'd be gone. They're just a waste of space. They're completely faulty, like Ricardo said. I, I just wouldn't have them. I, I mean, implementation. You know, it's completely. It's they're faulty, and um, you know, someone gets a hard tackle in the ribs or the you know the the waist or whatever, and then. All of a sudden, they're checking. It doesn't matter where you get it. Something in that system with that mouth guard that it's possible head knock. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I mean, the focus on rugby union on the head knock, it is paramount, but yeah. um, you get accused of being reckless if you don't believe that everything revolves around head knocks. I mean, rugby league and football don't have this. I mean, they won't be silly enough to have something like this. And other sports around the world where, um, you know, Australian rules, Gaelic football, 
American uh, football, American, you know, gridiron, whatever you want to call it, uh, all those things. I mean, but in rugby, of course, you end up with this, with these types of things happening, another experiment that goes wrong. That's my my pretty blunt yeah, opinion I, of it. I think, Graham, you're, you're on to something there. I, I think it's just more clarity on how this technology works, and we're going to do our best to get some more on it um, because it, the, the head, head collision is a big part of the game. CTE, it's, it's you know all across the board. We're dealing with it now more yep. than ever. So I think just clarity on how this technology works because from what I heard in that game was Anton's situation happened in the fourth minute and it didn't come to, uh, you know, to, the, to the fore until the 70th minute. So there's already a bit of uncertainty there. Yeah, well, that's completely right. I mean, I'd have been happy, of course, for the Crusaders to win, but it'd be the wrong way yeah. to happen. I'd be furious if that had been us. I mean, the whole thing's wrong. doesn't matter which side of the team you're supporting. It's, yeah. it's, 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 someone's going to be, you know, faulty sabotage is coming in. But, yeah, on that game, before I finish, um, yeah, I was yeah. well done to the Chiefs, but I thought the Crusaders showed they're going to be there and thereabouts. I think yeah. Scott Barrett and the boys did well. It was a great effort to come back after not a very good first half, so... No, great game, great weekend of rugby, really. Yeah. It was. Yeah, yeah, thanks for your call, Graham. Cheers, mate. Appreciate thanks, it. Guys. See you later. Yep. Yeah, uh, that, try, that try by Xavier Rowe, too. That DMAC break was just superb. Yeah, and that's that new the rule. Once you kick it, mm-hmm. you have to be put on side, you have to stand still or, or retreat. So, And that's what teams are not going to, can't afford to do against the Chiefs. You kick it long get, with shooters, Sean Stevenson and, and Damian McKenzie, they will punish you. So that was a hell of a try and a hell of a way to start Super Rugby. Um, we'll try and get some more clarity on it, Rickdell. Yeah, we will. It is seven away from eight o'clock. You're listening to SENZ Breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. You can get hold of us on 0800 150 811 or text us on the Temper Bedpost text machine 8833 Temper and Bedpost. Range of mattresses and adjustable bases adapt to the exact shape of your body so you can put your head and feet up in comfort. And uh, plenty of texts coming through, is he, including this, which is a great question. Hey, boys, with these mouth guards, what happens mm-hmm. if two tight heads in the same team get them? Well, then, well, they have to bring on a reserve, but if there's nothing that uh, we can be replaced. You're going to Golden Oldies and then you're at the detriment of the game and entertainment. No one wants to see Golden Oldies. They want to see a contest. And um, look, it's it's going to be a big debate and it's already started off a hell of a debate. Everyone I spoke to said to me, well, the mouth guards will be uh, a big topic on Monday. And, uh, you know, from what we've seen happen already, it is a big topic. <laughs> a bit of clarity on, on how they work, what they're looking for and... We're going to do our best to get some clarity over the the next day and, and bring it to you tomorrow. Yep, we will. We will indeed. Uh, we'll do that. And after uh, 8 o'clock, Gary Stead from the Black Caps is going to join us, the head coach. Uh, obviously had a disappointing T20 season uh, series, I should say, against the Aussies. Got a couple of tests come out. We'll uh, touch base with him and find out how the injuries are looking or what the squad looks like. We'll also catch up with Paul Mawadi. We've got a Love Racing update for you too. Right now, here's Araha with news for Kubota. Take on any job this summer with Kubota's range. Kia ora, good morning and welcome into the show. If you're just joining us, it is five past eight here on SENZ Breakfast with Izzy and Ricardo. Coming up, Gary Stead, the Black Caps coach, is going to join us shortly. We'll also hear from Paul Mawadi as well uh, from the TIB. Got a love racing update on the way for you too. Uh, but we've before we do any of that, 
We have a $100 Adidas golf voucher up for grabs. Get away with Adidas golf. Visit adidas.co.nz slash golf. T's and C's apply. I'll give you all three clues, all right, because uh, we, we had a bit of a truncated start to the morning with the League Cup final on. Uh, clue one was, I was an opening batsman for my country and I was never out in single figures. Clue two, I played over 100 first-class matches for Canterbury. And clue three is my career-high score was 190, which I made against Northern Districts. Who am I? Double eight, double three, if you know who that is. And a $100 Adidas uh, gift voucher could be all yours. Uh, the head coach of the Black Caps, Gary Stead, joins us now. Morning, Gary. How you doing? Yeah, good morning. Mate, a uh, bit of a tough uh, T20 series for you against the Aussies, particularly given how close we were in that first one. Uh, how, how are the troops feeling about now? Uh, look, I mean, we've got to regroup quickly for the, the test matches. Um, the, the T20 uh, team, yeah, it was disappointing we didn't get over the line. Um, there, were, there were lots of good signs at times through it, but um, we've come up a very, against a very good Australian side and, and probably they've given us a few lessons in a couple of areas. Yeah, did you think uh, the, the air out of the balloon was taken out after that first performance, thought we'd done enough to get the job done, and then they just probably lacked uh, maybe a little bit of execution and, and, and confidence going into the second two, last two remaining T20s? Yeah, I think uh, we we did enough to prob- possibly win that first game, but I mean it goes mm. down to the final ball, and and it's a it's a cracker of a match, isn't it? But um, the ground ground dimensions are quite different at Auckland, and and they got away from us early. Um, we we fought back well in the second game, but but the pitch wasn't sort of quite as free flowing as as perhaps what they made it look, and and that's where we we fell short, I think. And the event, uh, the injury to Devon Conway certainly hurt us, and the way we were structuring our batting order. When you look at those performances, New Zealand has been outstanding in previous years, and in, in the in regards to fielding, were you disappointed with the way that that we fielded in those T twenties? Has that been Something that you've taken note of and, and put the boys on 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 notice. Uh, well, yeah, we've certainly highlighted it, that it wasn't our best performance, and it, and more more so just the catching. I think the ground fielding itself hasn't been too bad. It's uh, but it was sort of unusual like to drop those catches. I, I don't know really why that is the case, but um, we cert- we were certainly off in that area. Yeah, the old saying, steady catches with matches. Uh, I'm sure they'll take uh, a fair bit out of that. Uh, in regards to the casualty, Ward made not ideal, particularly heading into the second T20. Can you give us a wee update? Uh, yeah, well, Rachin's had a, a little bit of a, um, something going on in his left knee, so it was more precautionary for him with the best matches coming up. Um, so he, he's he's tracking well for that. Dev, Devin's... Uh, Obviously, got that blow in the thumb in the in the start mm. of the second T20 as well. Um, we'll catch up with him later today when we get to Wellington and, and see how he's progressing before that that first Test match. But we're still very hopeful that he will be right for it. Um, and, and then the other guys, Daryl Mitchell was was left out as well. Just he had that foot uh, foot issue going on that we're still sort of dealing with. And but but he may be dealing with that for quite some time. But it's certainly improved in the time that he has had off, which is which is encouraging. Now, Gary, the uh, test team uh, test squad came out a little while ago, and there were uh, a few. Uh 
eyebrows raised, I guess you'd say, because at the end of that South African series, uh, we had Blair Tickner and Jacob Duffy in the extended squad, and they're not there this time, but Scott Kugeline has come in. Can you sort of tell us what you think Scott offers us that those guys don't? Yeah, well, the injury to Kyle Jamieson um, sort of meant that we were looking for someone who could bowl good pace, but also potentially bat at number eight in the order. And, and that's, I guess, what Scott does. He, he's got three first-class hundreds. Um, he certainly bowls at a good clip still. And, and that, that's the, the difference to, the, I guess, the squad um, through Kyle Jamieson's injury. Are you able to, I thought Lockie Ferguson played extremely well in this uh, T20 series against Australia. He absolutely rattled them. And, you know, he's got a lot of consistency with his speed, his delivery, where he's putting the ball consistently. Is there an opportunity, and you'll know him better than most, that he could potentially become a test player with the way that he dismantled Australia? I certainly agree with you there, Izzy. The way he bowled was fantastic. Um, mm. Unfortunately, we're, we're, we're on a bit of a nice edge at times with Lockie and, and his body, mm. and that's why he didn't play the last game. He, he's had some um, reasonably significant mm. Achilles and calf problems in the last couple of months. So we're sort of still trying to manage that. Um, it would take Lockie, I think, to to really be able to prove that resilience piece um, to be to be considered for yeah. test cricket. Um, otherwise, it's a it's a massive risk to our own team. In terms of the the balance uh, of the team going into the tests, uh, are, are you are you pretty happy with with where you're at? And I know that there's a little bit of a niggle around uh, Rachin's knee, but where do you think his best position is in the in the batting order? Well, we think in Test cricket at the moment it's in the middle order, um, hmm. just simply because the the way that he well his free flowing nature um, gives him the opportunity to put. I guess the acid back on the opposition at times as well. And you don't always get that as an opener, especially in, in New Zealand conditions, which if it is nipping around a wee bit can be, can be tough and probably makes them a little bit more vulnerable. So we we liked what we saw versus South Africa. Um, it's obviously another step up versus Australia, but, but I'm sure he'll be looking forward to that challenge as well. Well, I liked what I saw with Willow Rourke, the big Cantabrian, bowling down and bowling some heat, particularly in that second uh, test against the Proteas. Does that make your job in terms of selection an easy one for Will? Uh, look, I mean, Will's got a huge future in the game. I think he's 21 or 22, maybe. He's very young. He, he's got all like, attributes that you're actually born with height and, and, and the ability to bounce the ball is, is something you can't just put on anyone. So... Um, that that makes him, uh, I think, a real standout in itself. But he he's developed very very quickly in his time in Canterbury, and um, look, I'm I'm sure he he will keep going to another level as well. Yeah, he was very impressive, uh, the big man. Okay, let's talk about Timmy Southey. Um Tim Southey in that T20. Are you happy with where his game's at at the moment? Yeah, look, I mean, bowlers always want more wickets, and 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 I'm sure Tim wants that as well, but. At the end of the day, uh, when you play a team like Australia, you, you have to bowl well in partnerships, and I think that's still what Tim does does well. And whilst he didn't necessarily pick up the spoils in the last Test match versus South Africa, I still thought that his consistency, his ability to bowl in partnerships was, was very good. What do you think um, Tim's role is now? I'm just looking at you know his recent figures, and for example, that series against South Africa, I think he took one wicket in four innings. So how, how do you see his role in the, in the bowling lineup? 
Look, I mean, he's still a leader of the the attack. He he's, he takes a new ball. He, he bowled some very good spells. He was accurate, just did not get the spoils at the end of the day. And sometimes that can happen in cricket. And look, let's hope he, he, he bowls just as well in this, this next series. And he, he might pick up a couple of five-wicket bags. And that's that's the way the game can be. If we if we purely only look at the statistics all the time, then we'll be making changes. And that's that's certainly not something I think that's conducive to uh, to a... Uh, I guess, a team that, that trusts the, the way we're going about our game. You look at the squad that's going to go to Wellington today and uh, push a stake a claim to get back on the horse, mate. Is it an easy decision when you look at uh, the players that you have? Like, How do you approach plan at uh, the Basin Reserve, mate? What, what are the conditions going to put to you, do you expect? Well, that's something we'll have to look at when we get down there and, and train tomorrow. Um, the last couple of years at the Basin Reserve hasn't quite been as, as fast as and, and as quick as, as perhaps what it had a, a sort of five or six years ago. So it may be that a, a spinner um, or a spinning all-rounder certainly comes much more into to play than what we might have originally thought. But we won't actually know that until we get down there. But I guess we've, we've traditionally gone in with four-pace bowlers. That's something we'll certainly have to review when we're down there. Yeah, I was going to ask you actually, Gary. I mean, we saw um, with uh, Hamilton and the Mount against the South Africans. I think oh, I would imagine that we took more wickets with spin bowling than you expected that we would. Uh, does that is that just a change in conditions? And have you thought about having an out and out spinner uh, as part of the Test eleven in New Zealand again? Yeah, well, we do view that with Mitchell Satner. So, I mean, his bowling has gone to another level, in my opinion, and. and like the way he's bowling at the moment is fantastic and does a, has the ability to hold a, a team but also attack and take wickets as well. Um, I think you're right. The, the two pitches we played against South Africa definitely spun more than, um, than, than what we've seen in the past. And, and look, that's good because it'll keep bringing spinners into the game as well. Yeah, it's uh, it's been certainly going to be interesting to see how um, the basin plays, particularly if there's a bit of rain around. Uh, Gary, have you had a look at the forecast? Do you, do you know what you're expecting down there? I think there's. Uh, I think the first three or four days look good, and then then later on in the test match is looking a little bit more dodgy. But let's hope we're a week out from that still that that it's nice and clear, and we we get all the days in. Yeah. Now, uh, the other thing that I, I was keen to ask you about, and we got a little bit, obviously, with having all the commentary here on SENZ throughout the summer, we get, we get plenty of texts for about the cricket, mate, and it was a few people uh, raising uh, concerns around um, Tom Blundell's form with the bat. I'm just looking back um, uh, over his last few innings. He, he hasn't had a decent score for probably five or six test matches. Are you comfortable with where he's at with and what he's delivering with the bat and, and what our options are outside of that? Yeah, look, I mean, Tom's our, our number one keeper and, and batsman in, in New Zealand, and uh, he, he had a wee bit of a, a hamstring niggle just prior to the test match, which probably meant he, he missed more cricket than what he would have hoped for. But, um, look, if you go back a, a short time, him and Daryl Mitchell have been outstanding in, the, in that 5-6 position, and we have a lot of faith in, in Tom and, and the way he goes about his game and, and believe he's... He's good enough to put, um, I guess, pressure back on Australia. He, he plays pace bowling very well and scored that fantastic 100 uh, um, a few years back now, but, but at the MCG, which not many Kiwis have done. Mm, you speak of uh, yeah, scoring hundreds. Let's talk something positive here. Kane Williamson. 
Kane Williamson, how impressive he was throughout that protest. <laughs> he only missed on one occasion. He had three centuries out of four opportunities, and he's on 32 test centuries. He's well and truly sitting atop on the throne, mate. How, you know, tell us a bit about Kane and his influence amongst this group. Yeah, he, he's, uh, he's got an incredible influence, is, mm. um, not just as runs, but also as a leader and as, a, I guess, a, a talisman in the group as well. He, he's certainly up there with, I think, one of the best players in the world and I think his recent record and, and his ability to bounce back and be resilient from, from injury where he's had a number over the past 24 months or so is quite incredible. Um, so we certainly welcome Kane back into the into the fold as well. I think whenever he's not there, we you see how much we, we miss him and his skill sets and um, so so hopefully he has a, has a fantastic series ahead of him. What is it, can you tell us a little bit more detail, that, that he has the ability to really step up consistently and what could he, you know, rub off on a few of the other players in the group? Like, well, you got the first you got the first few, you know, close look at him and what he does. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a, a desire to just keep getting better all the time and um, he, he's, I think he's relatively hard on himself when he's in the nets. He, he's, he's looking for just little gains that he can keep making, but he's also um, incredibly mentally strong as well. And and once he puts his mind to things and and says, right, here's my job, here's my role that I need to do, um, I think his ability stands out more than others in that space, and that's what makes him, I think, so great. Good stuff, Gary. Well, listen, mate, we wish you all the best going into this test series against the Aussie. Uh, Hopefully uh, you got some good news, and maybe the Aussies can lend you a physio and get some of these boys back on the park, eh? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, let's hope so, guys. Uh, looking forward to it. Cheers, mate. Go well. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers, Gary. Stead there with us, uh, coach of the Black Caps. And yeah, it's interesting. Is he's got a got a, a few things he needs to juggle. And you know, I don't know what it is, but it always seems to be. Uh, we don't time it well. We always seem to have injuries when it comes up against the Aussies. You know, I mean, how much more confident would you be if we had Kyle Jamison in there, and if we, you know, didn't have these uh, question marks over guys like Daryl Mitchell and Rachin? Yeah. Kyle Jamison doesn't really rattle me as much as the other two. Russian and Devin Conway. You know, Conway found a bit of form in that T20, particularly the first inning. So that gives me a little bit of concern. But it's more the way that uh, we played these games. And, and look, Gary Steed's never going to come out and, and you know rip into his, his players, particularly from a senior point of view. But Tim Southey really needs a big test series. You know, he's our captain, he's our leader, and when you need some inspiration, you go to your leadership group and your senior players. So for Tim, Neil, it really needs to step up. Will O'Rourke, if he gets an opportunity, yep, he played against a fourth-string Proteas team and got some wickets. He'll get some confidence, match fitness, but he's going up against the best players in the world. So we're going to have to f- dig deep. Rick Dog, we're going to have to fight like no, nothing else. And, you know, there's a message coming through from Luke. Black Cap's just not good enough. I'll be blunt. We looked like a, a third-grade team compared to Australia. Crap fielding. Yep, we've already touched on that. Do they even practice catching under the lights? Batting was extremely poor with shot selection, very questionable. And to top it off, or oh, they leave it out. They leave Ferguson out. Well, he covered that. He said Ferguson was carrying a, a few niggles, and I think that's his only concern why he doesn't play test matches because you need to bowl for long periods of time, spells, and you take a break, you come back, you need to be ready. It's a stop-start nature of test cricket. That's the only question mark. Uh, with Lockie Ferguson, and it's left Luke questioning some decisions. Cheers, guys. Love the show. So appreciate your message. But, yeah, uh, yeah concerns in, re- in regards to, 
to to fielding. It was atrocious. Yeah, B, uh, there's a few good qu- uh, texts that have come through as well. Uh, there's no name on this text, it's like, but uh, questioning the selectors if we're looking for a bloke who can bat eight instead of looking at our best bowler around Scott mm. Kugeline, which, uh, yeah, I think is a, it's a really good point as well. And uh, an observation here as well, and maybe we should go to the cricket desk for some feedback on this. We look like we're slogging. The Aussies look like they're playing powerful cricket shots with better technique. Am I wrong? Yeah, I, th- I think I think that's yeah be- beautifully summed up. I think um, yeah, I, th- I think part of it was definitely Australia bowling well, but yeah, part of it part of it was just us, you know, play- playing poor shots. And um, yeah, as um, looking on, I-, I think I agree with that text. It looked like you know we were just trying to hit the ball out of the ground, whereas Australia were um, yeah, a lot more planned in terms of what shots they were going to play to, what bowler, depending on the field. Um, yeah, it just looked a lot more calculated. All right, thanks for that, Cricket Desk. Uh, more texts, keep them coming through, double eight, double three. Uh, you're listening to SCNZ Breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. Double eight, double three is the temper bed post text machine. Uh, plenty coming through. Paddy saying uh, that Gary said it had a fantastic run, probably the best period of success in New Zealand cricket history. But this team is not performing anymore uh, with the changing of the guard and uh, in terms of players retiring and getting dropped from the golden generation. Is it time that Stead also moved on? He's probably the least questioned coach in all of New Zealand sport. Keep your texts rolling through for us on double eight, double three. Now, Mitchell Santner was, of course, captain of the team over the T20 series with Australia. And uh, he talked about the series, the injuries and uh, the disappointing results. Yeah, I guess it's been unfortunate, um, some of the injuries and stuff, obviously Rutsch and Dev. But, you know, I think it obviously, then it obviously gives guys opportunity. Um, obviously, it didn't go the way we wanted. But I think, you know, we did show some good stuff. I guess those little errors kind of... Uh, you know, get shown a bit more against against really good sides, and and that was Australia. Yeah, that was what uh, Santa had to say about that. I mean, I don't know about you, Izzy, and I, we didn't really get to talk to Gary about it, but um, I know he's new to the captaincy gig, Santa. But I thought some of his decisions with his bowling rotation and things got shown up a bit against the Aussies. Yeah, um, oh, they were shocking. Let's be honest, they were uh, they were horrible. And, um, you know, when you play, play in Australia, you, you know, it would have been interesting to see if we got that first result, you know, how the series would unplay. But I knew it was going to be tough after we just, the year out of the bloom was taken out. And Mitch Santa, yeah, look, there was there was a time there, I think in that first game, we took, uh, we took a review. Mm. And I think it was at a Milne. And it was missing leg by a metre. And Milne didn't even say, go up and take the review, and there was like a little bit of uncertainty, and then he kind of felt like he just got flustered and went up for the DR, um, DR or for the review, whatever it's called. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they'll take a hell of a lot out of this T20 series. You know, Tim Southey's our skipper for the test matches, and, um, you know, there's even question marks over Timmy. Great player. He's given us so much over the last couple of years, but he just looked a little bit... Slow, you know, mobility around the park was questionable. Safe hands, he was an easy catch in that first innings. He dropped, so yeah, there's a lot of question marks. And there's a great message come through here from, from Paddy. Hey, lads, and Gary Stead. Is Gary Stead made a Teflon? The bloke has had a fantastic run, probably the best period of success in New Zealand history, but this team is not performing. 
anymore. And with the changing of the guard in terms of players retiring, getting dropped from this golden generation, isn't it time Stead moved on? He's probably the least questioned coach in New Zealand across all sports. Is everyone starting to question him? Because there's another message that come through, and I must have asked Gary if he'll step down if Australia beat us 2-0 in the test. Feels like we have hit a wall with him in charge. Has people, have, has people lost faith and, and confidence in Gary Stead in this group? Let us know, Double eight, double three. Yeah, double eight, double three. Want to hear from you? We'll get uh, more texts for you uh, shortly. We've got the uh, choices, Florian poll results. We've got Paul Mawadi from the TAB. We've got a love racing update as well. All of that and more to come right now, though. Here is Araha with the latest in news for Kubota. Take on any job this summer with Kubota's range. Design, visualize, and create your perfect floor with Room View. Here's our choices floor, uh, our choices flooring poll results. We asked you what was the best performance of the weekend, and taking it out with 29%, the Hurricanes uh, not far behind though. The Chiefs on 23, then the Highlanders and Wars on 17, the Blues on 11. Percent. Discover your signature style and enjoy a virtual design experience with Choices Flooring's Room View. Now, uh, is that Paul? Is that Paul's vote? Vote. Yeah, it must that, have been. It would have he, been. Is he getting the head of myself? No surprises yet. <laughs> Check out the Grand Tour Hub at tab.co.nz. Bet safely R18. Speaking of Pauls, here we mm. go. Here we go. Paulie Mawadi joins us from the TAB. Uh, we did have a text through here, actually, uh, about uh, Judge Gary Stead. After the World Cup, Bolt was a worry, though. That is from Dermot. Uh, Paulie, where is the money going in this test series? Because uh, that is not too far away, and there's a lot of question marks about this New Zealand cricket team all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess we, we find out just how good um, a team really is when they go up against the Aussies. And um, although the first game uh, in that T20 series was very, very close, um, after that, the Aussies, uh, Aussies just put their foot down. And, um, boy, they've got some a bit of depth there too as well. So um, they'll be very happy with the way things are going. Um, but, yep, there's a few things for the Black Caps to work on. Um, I don't think the boys have got the... Uh, put about at the moment. I'm just having a look now. Um, Hurry up. <laughs> oh, he gets one multi up, and all of a sudden he's a bloody champion. Who would have thought, Paulie? Chris and Paul, oh, Chris and Richard, sorry, are absolutely happy. We've won them $237.50 each. How good, eh? Oh, sensational. I can't wait to hand it. I love handing money over to punters. I don't like handing it over to Izzy, but I don't mind giving it to the punters. So I'm very happy about it. I'm just having a look at this uh, League Cup uh, final that was on. And the boys put out a, a few boosted markets. Uh, one of them was Liverpool win after extra time or penalties boosted from 550 out to 650, which um, a number of punters jumped on there. Um, the draw, I think, got out to... Around 375, I think, uh, after regulation, um, and that was that wasn't <laughs> to be fair. That wasn't very popular at all. They were all over Liverpool. Oh, really? In the head-to-head market. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All over Liverpool. I think the uh, going into this match, I think there's something like uh, the six of the last seven matches between Liverpool and Chelsea have ended in a draw. And it continued. It did. It did, it did Paulie. It did, it did continue. Tell you, there was another draw this morning in the uh, Six Nations. The Italians nearly won that, mate. Anyone can get paid? Anybody on that? Let's just have a little bow peek. But, but, oh, they should have actually won in the end, shouldn't they? They um, should have. 
unfortunately for them. Let's have a look. Here we go. Internationals. Six Nations. France, Italy. Uh, where are we? Match result. The draw was... Geez, you're unorganised. Hey, Paulie. Paulie, it's a, it's a Monday, Hurry mate. Up. It is a Monday, is he? You'd be pleased to know... <laughs> nine, bets on the, nine bets on the draw. Ooh. There you go. That, that would have been paying juicy too, wouldn't it? I uh, think uh, $36 you could have got the draw at a certain times. Yep, $36. Outstanding. Now, um, there's a certain member of this breakfast show who is going to be at the New Zealand Golf Open uh, this weekend, teeing off on <laughs> Thursday. Uh, what, what's the market looking on, is he? There's nothing. There's no market. I can't find it. Are you boys slacking? You had a holiday? The boy, yeah, the boys are working on that. I'll give you the tip now. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you one thing yeah. to get on right now, Paulie Mighty. Izzy Dag, best ambassador finish. There you go. Put me odds down. I am feeling sharp. Oh. I am feeling ready. I am mentally probably in the best shape I've ever been in my life. Give me Goldie now. How much can I get on Goldie? Yeah. <laughs> Ash Barty who? That's right. Dag is coming to town. Oh, there we go. The talk, he, oh, it's all, yeah. the talk is coming. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is, uh, Ricardo. Talk, um, I, yeah, I, I, even Ricky Ponting. Come on, this is who? This is, you know, who's yeah. that? Sean Fitzpatrick. Sean Fitzpatrick. He probably does a better money than you as well. Um, <laughs> Fighting talk. Eighty-seven World Cup wasn't even born. Can't remember him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, maybe the bookies will put a, a market out on will Izzy break 100. Yeah. <laughs> Oi, put a market out for Dago. I love pressure, mate. I'm absolutely fizz. I've got my seven on here. I'm ready to go. But anyway, that's enough of chat of me, mate. We've got to talk to uh, one of the owners of La Creek, John Casson. Obviously getting up on the group one. La Creek is back. It won out Izzy's investment, oh, mate. How'd the punters how go? That was brilliant. Yes, the way for age at Ortucky. Fantastic result uh, for the Alexanders and all the connections there. La Creek, I think, um, closed around, was it 5 or $6 in the end? Um, 5.20 on the take. Yeah. Yep, no, fantastic result. So, yeah, very interested to see um, how happy, uh, how they celebrated on uh, Saturday night, um, the owners. So, yeah, that was fantastic. And she looked very, very good doing it as well. So, um, Campionessa? Yeah, over and uh, across the ditch. Yeah. Yeah. Can I get on that? We're pro- probably, there were plenty that got on, and it was probably suited by the conditions as well. Mm. Uh, on top of the ground, um, it just everything seemed to be working in towards Campionessa's favour. And um, once again, another big win for Tiako. So. Yeah, it was a great weekend for New Zealand sport, New Zealand racing. Yeah, fantastic, Paul. And uh, has the has the needle moved at all uh, on any of the Aussie teams to win in Super Rugby? Because uh, <laughs> fair to fair to say, there was a, a, a lack of people being impressed by those teams. Are we? <laughs> this is um, are we seeing a have and a have nots in this competition? Because it. There's only one round in, but it certainly seems that way. The best of the Australian teams in their outright winner market are the Brumbies, who are steady at ten dollars. Um, the Chiefs have um, tightened in to two seventy-five. They are now favourites by themselves. The Blues have also come in to three dollars and fifty cents. 
Crusaders have drifted slightly out to 375. The Canes have come into 650. <laughs> um, but the rest have sort of drifted out. Um, or remainder the Highlanders, even after that win against Wana Pacifica, um, they haven't moved off that $31 quote. So, yeah, there's movement at the top um, on the New Zealand teams, um, and the rest are sort of drifting. Um, they, they just... I thought Moana Pacifica looked very, very good at times there. Um, just ran out of a wee bit of gas towards the end. Um, the Fijian Druid, they'll be very, very good at home. I'm sure they'll pick up a few wins there. They were just up against a very classy blue side on the weekend. But um, the Chiefs, who had that 17-point uh, margin at half time, uh, and then for the Crusaders to come back, I'm just... Haven't heard about Damien McKenzie, just how serious that injury is. I hope it isn't too injury, uh, too serious because, boy, oh, boy, did he look very, very good in that first half. He did, mate. He did. Good stuff, Paulie. Thanks very much for coming on, bro. We'll talk to you tomorrow, eh? Cheers, Paulie. Cheers, boys. Yeah, Cheers. yeah. Remember, is he keep the head down, swing through the ball. <laughs> there you go. Look at that. Poor Moati, a bit of golf, golf coaching. Uh, get, check out all the odds, promos and boosted odds on the Grand Tour Hub at tab.co.nz. Bet safely, R18, dollar three for Izzy to break 100. That's what they're paying. Uh, it is 20 away from nine. Double eight, double three. The Temper Bed Post text machine. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven is how you get hold of us. Love Racing NZ, your home of thoroughbred racing. And joining us today for our Love Racing update, uh, update is John Cass and breeder and owner of La Creek. Uh, John, you must be absolutely wrapped after that weekend, mate, because uh, it was a stacked field. La Creek was in. Absolutely, I think you know, particularly after the issues. Um, well, Velma, which is the stable name we call her. Yeah, we're with, with a hoof, and uh, just we, we came down to Otaki with no expectations, but uh, we knew she was right, and uh, the way she actually uh, she was winning, and the way she finished off, uh, she was getting back to her old form again. So we, we were absolutely wrapped with that. <laughs> All the connections yeah. were. So, uh, yeah, no, John. Great to have uh, La Creek back. Um, you know, got perfect visions of her winning the derby with uh, Vinnie Colgan on top. But Maddie Cameron's first ride on La Creek, so very impressive first up ride with for him. But Katrina Alexandra has been digging deep with La Creek over the last 12 months, mate. The work that she has put in with this horse? Oh, absolutely. I think you know, she, she's been... Um uh, it, was a, it was a massive relief for her for her to come through now. She's, mm. she's been very dedicated to the horse. And also, I think, not only with her, though, they've been the vet and the, the actual farrier and the monsieur and the physicist. It's like any athlete. It's all, it's all, it's all the actual uh, other staff as well. But, no, Katrina's... Um, no, she is a great reward for her, anyway, to get that through. And, uh, no, we, hopefully we, we can move forward from, from now, anyway. I haven't heard how she how she tra- travelled home there, but no doubt I'll get a call today. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, no, no, it, was a, a, it was an impressive ride and, and an impressive... Um, but I, I want to ask you about breeding a Group 1 winner. You've essentially created this from a moment you chose a stallion, and there's so much work before they get to the track with weaning, pre-education, breaking in, etc. Um, then how, is it any good like for the... For, you know, what's unfolded with La Creek, you know, then the journey that it's been on? Well, we haven't, well, put it way for um, La Creek, we haven't made any future plans at this stage because mm. we thought we're going to wait until she actually gets back to her best and then we'll move forward. So, again, that's going to be up for discussion uh, either today or tomorrow. Um, yeah, we've had, had a few inquiries, been offered a few um, 
uh, invitations to a couple of uh, races. So, um, but but we thought we thought we'd just put everything on hold yet. Um, but breeding a horse like that, um, Vadimos being uh, a French sire, and also uh, a son of Monster that won the Melbourne Cup, and that got me excited. And uh, she was also a Group One winning sire, so he was Group One winning sire in, in England and in France. So I thought um, it'd be a great, uh, great um, uh, cross with, with with Destiny Cove, who was a stayer. And mm. um, we do have a full sister, which has just been broken in at the moment. And you'd you'd, put, you'd probably love the stable name called Izzy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful! Well, it's gonna it's gonna win plenty then. Hopefully, not it. Hopefully, it doesn't have my knees. But it's a female. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, that, well, I could have been a good female. Let's be honest. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> but you you had a crack in Australia. You went over and had a crack at the Empire Rose, where yeah, it was did. a bit luckless, and then you had a crack at the Epsom as well. Is Australia on the cards no, for the Creek I, I, again? We, we only mm. went to the Empire Rose. Uh, that was the one. Mm. The track was probably a little, little bit off for us because she doesn't like the cut out of the track. Yes, I think Australia will be on, on definitely on, on the cards uh, this uh, autumn. And uh, again, we we've uh, we have nominated for one race at this stage, but that's just because the noms had to be put in earlier. Um, and that was a, mm. that's a mayor's race. I think the Queen of the Turf. Uh, but there's there's things such as the Tanker, because I think she she is going to she is a stayer. She actually runs like a stayer as well, mm. and uh, I'd like you to see her see her over more ground. Um, but again, uh, it's up to the trainers what they think. Yeah, uh, John, talking looking at some of the uh, your, uh, the stable mates there. What about um, Destiny Rose? We uh, sorry, Destiny Cove. Where are you at with that? Destiny Cove. She's in fold two profondo. Um, I've got a. Circus Maximus um, Colt from her, uh, and the other one was the um, Vedamos one, which is the full sister, mm. which is the yearling. So, um, yeah, so, so she's in, uh, currently in fault to Profondo. Uh, the, the previous ones I had one, which is Bari, which, which had a premature ending with uh, issues with the throat, and I uh, had two other ones, which uh, one we didn't race, one, we, one was placed beforehand. So, uh, so we are obviously keeping the um, uh, the mare for ongoing breeding. What what was the uh, the celebrations like on Saturday? It's been a long time between well, drinks, I must say. Are you a little bit slow uh, this morning? And just to elaborate on that, did yeah. you? Is this story true? You nearly choked your dad with an anti hangover pill. Um, so was what? there plenty of anti hangover pills no that were way. had post that no. race? I know where that's coming from. That, that's a Baraka tablet with, with Kim, which is uh, Talia's father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Tom, Tom to take this, but he didn't put it in water. He tried to swallow it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, was there plenty of those been had, mate? Barocas, anti-hangover pills, <laughs> oh, or what? We definitely have those the next day, that's for sure. But no, I, I actually we actually celebrated the Friday night uh, when the Chiefs beat the Crusaders. We're in an Irish pub, and so we didn't do much. Celebration during the day until I, until we actually got back to Palmerston North, because um, obviously I was driving. Then we went back to the Irish pub and had a few whiskeys, which we thoroughly enjoyed. <laughs> oh, sounds good. Sounds <laughs> yeah. like a great night, John. And, hey, a slow dry, and a slow drive back yesterday. <laughs> yeah, sure. Take it easy. Yeah. Take it easy, John. Thanks very much for coming on this morning, mate. And uh, best of luck uh, going forward, eh? Yeah, pleasure. Hey, thanks for that anyway. Thanks for your call. Cheers. Cheers, John Casson there with us. Loveracing.nz for all your thoroughbred racing news, previews, replays, profiles and more. We'll catch up with Smithy next.
We're a couple of minutes away from nine o'clock, which means it's time to talk to Ian Smith. And Smithy, I wondered uh, whether or not you are also going to be on the donut down to the New Zealand Golf Open with us. Are you, are you heading down there too? Well, two reasons I'm not going to be there, Ricardo. One, I've never been invited. Ooh. I've never been invited. I've had a golfing career and a golfing pedigree <laughs> that stretches back a long, long time to a point where I was once on a one handicap. But no, no, no. I just haven't played enough All Black Test matches or enough anything to get <laughs> to get in there and the Smithy. to get in that the inner, inner sanctum. And two, two Israel, before you inter, uh, interrupt here, uh, there's a little matter of a cricket test too this weekend at the Basin. True, so, yes. timing was there. But honestly, I, I could be I could be the last sporting person on this planet. And John Hart wouldn't call me to play for some reason. I don't know what it's about. Michael Clayton, I think, would give me an invite any day of the week, but John Hart just poo-poos me year after year. Is there a little bit of, uh, you know, something in the closet there, Smithy, in terms of the relationship? Well, closet, not a great... Closet... Closet, not a great terminology is for a start. Yeah, um, I know. No. Yeah, well, yeah, I know. <laughs> I shouldn't, no, I shouldn't have led you into that one. No, no, there's not. There's nothing in our past that suggests that I should be on the outer, but somehow I just can't get the call. I don't get uh, all the methods of uh, communication these days. You Would you love to play? One, Would you love to have I a crack? I, no, I couldn't walk it. I couldn't walk it anymore. Because ah. you don't have cut, to walk so it. Because Beefy to walk, doesn't walk. I'd he gets to, a cart. <laughs> Beefy. Oh, well, there's a good reason not to go for a start. Die. <laughs> Jeez, do they have checkpoints around the course if he's on a cart? <laughs> he's the only bloke there that gets a cart. So he and both of them were talking about, he gets a cart, he, oh. gets, uh, he gets the red carpet rolled out for him. Oh, I'm sure you could jump on that gravy train. <laughs> I could not. I would not even be allowed to caddy for him both oh, he didn't for a fight number you, of reasons. Did he? Even, he didn't no, fight no. you. Didn't fight you in the no, pub, no, did no. he? No, no, no. It's no, not Ian no, Chapel, no, mate. Fight me. <laughs> it's not Ian Chapel. <laughs> <laughs> what have you got coming up, Smithy? What's the, I can't what's the... take that five minutes back. I'm going now. See, okay, you, later. see you, mate. What's, <laughs> we got, what's the highlight of the day, captains. mate? We've got 10 seconds. We're... Okay, Captains, McCarty, Nisbo, Voss. There you go. Beautiful, mate. Have a great show. Look forward to hearing it. We'll be back again tomorrow morning at 6. And uh, here's Araha with the latest in news for you now. Thanks to Kubota. Take on any job this summer with Kubota's range.